Hey everybody, I hope you guys are doing well. Can you believe it that we are nine episodes in to the season of the podcast? I mean, where did all the time go? It went by so quickly. I remember just starting with my first episode like weeks ago and I'm like, where are you on episode nine? That's amazing. But that said, I just want to say thank you so much for your support. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for your feedback. Thank you for every piece of feedback that you've given me, whether in the form of writing, voice notes, DMs, just messages, whatever it is. I just want to thank you so much for every single one of you that is engaged with this content and with this podcast. I really, really appreciate it so much. You know, last week I hosted the financial goal setting masterclass and it was a great success. I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Your feedback was amazing. The questions that were asked were just so amazing. I'm amazed by the vulnerability that was in the room on that night. And I just want to say thank you to those of you that signed up, those of you who shared the post, those of you who showed up for your financial future. I just want to say you guys are phenomenal and I could not have done this without you. So that said, today's episode, I am having a conversation with a friend of mine. She has been on this podcast before and she's a qualified chartered accountant. She's a mother of two. She is a wife. She's a very amazing woman. Her character, the way that she treats people, her kindness, her humility, those are the characteristics that inspire me about her the most. So today we're bringing you a conversation that her and I had about God and money. And when I say God, I'm talking about Jesus Christ. I'm talking about God's way of doing money. And her and I had a conversation about what the Bible has to say about money and how we manage our money in a biblical way. And this is a topic that is very close to my heart because I always tell people the story about how at some point I was a broke tither. I was tithing faithfully. I knew what to do with the 10%, but I didn't know how to manage the 90%. And it's just amazing to know that the Bible has got so much to say about how we manage the 90%. So I want you guys to enjoy this episode. I know that it's thoroughly going to be helpful for many of you. And so ladies and gentlemen, I welcome to this podcast, Fungai Lake. doing Fungai? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. A little bit tired. Happy though that we are deep into summer now. So that's nice. Yeah, I had a good, good, but busy weekend. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. I think I want to jump straight in. I think today we've got a conversation that a lot of people are going to benefit from. Mm -hmm. And it's really a conversation around the Bible and money. I think it's a very important conversation to have, primarily because I think Firstly, it's not God's will for us to be broke. Neither is it God's will for us to be controlled by money and to mm. overly overly obsess over material things. But maybe mm. just give us a bit of a background in terms of how how did you get started on your journey in terms of the Bible and money? Why does that matter to you? So I think, yeah, so probably my journey with, you know, the Bible and money started when, you know, I became a Christian, you know, and... um just, you know, understanding God's 
will for me or just understanding what God wants me to do in different areas of my life, you know, and one of them being money, you know, just understanding that, you know, the money that I am blessed with isn't really, it's not so much like it's my money, but it's more like God's money and I need to figure out how to use it, if that makes sense. So Mm -hmm. I think it started from the very beginning of my walk with Jesus, you know, understanding topics like, you know, being generous and and things like that. So really Mm -hmm. from the beginning. And I mean, I, I, I found out that, you know, money's the, the number one topic that Jesus spoke about. Like if you look in the new Testament, I didn't know that, but (laughs) Jesus spoke a lot about money. So, you know, it's an important topic, um, you know, so yeah, really from the beginning. I find that very interesting. I also didn't know that Jesus spoke so much about money in the Bible, right? And my passion around understanding what the Bible has to say about money came from a came from rather a frustration. It came from a place where I the only thing I was hearing said about money, I was hearing people say about money in the church was giving and generosity. Um right always was bothered by the fact that nothing else is being said about money, right? So Mm. I essentially remember being faithful at tithing, but nobody ever saying anything about the 90%. So it's almost as if you know what to do with the 10%, but when it comes to the 90%, Mm. you're just going to have to go and figure it out. Mm, 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 And then mm, I mm. would just make all these mistakes with money until I just got the revelation that there's still principles that I need to apply when it comes to how I manage the 90%. Mm. Um, and, I, and, I, and, and I'd like to believe that I'm not the only Christian that felt like the only thing that gets said about money in church is give. Yeah, 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 yeah. But mm. nothing else. Nothing so, else. Yeah, so how did you go about learning what else the Bible had to say about money? So I think it's, okay, so yeah, obviously, and I, and I can relate to that, Um relate to that being (laughs) the number one thing that is said about money and not to take away from its importance. But I think where did I learn about what to do with it? I think from reading, right? So there's a number of actually really good books out there written by Christians. Mm. I sort of unpack the money discussion further. I actually listened to a sermon as well. And it was based on a book by an author called Randy Alcorn. I think that's his name. And it was called The Treasure Principle, you know? And mm. so just speaking, so yes, yeah, speaking about, you know, the giving, but then, then what do you do with the 90%? They yes. need to be saving, right? Saving so that mm-hmm. you can save for, you know, short-term savings, but also invest and then mm. live on the rest. Like that being the mm-hmm. principle, right? Because mm. sometimes you're right. Like you can, okay, you've got the giving down. Great. But then you end up like blowing <laughs> the rest yeah. of it, not using yeah. it wisely. And I think learning about being a steward, like that we're actually stewards of Mm. God's money here on earth, you know, and you want to be a good steward, right? Uh, You know, it reminds me of that. Is it the parable? Yeah, it is a parable. Uh, Now, let me think, what is this parable about like the guy and oh my gosh, I'm going to get this so wrong, but I hope you understand. So the one (laughs) where like the guy, like the owner, he goes away for some time and he leaves a servant and then he gives them talents i think it's talents i think it's the parable of the talents yes you know so he gives them talents and the other guys sort of take 
those talents and then like they make more out of it. And then the one guy like just digs a hole and like, like that's it. And the owner mm-hmm. guy was really upset with the one who just dug a hole because he didn't do anything with it. Like, I feel like just bearing, like just digging a hole and just putting it in there is not what God wants us to do. Like he wants us to be mm-hmm. stewards, like, you know, make that money work and for the benefit of his kingdom, you know, um, but make mm-hmm. it work. So don't, yep. don't go around blowing money and getting into debt and just, you need to make wise financial decisions for God's glory as well. Right. So, yes. Yeah. yes. And I like what you're saying about for God's glory, because I think it's very difficult to make a very big impact in the world without money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think True. you can make an impact, but I think that if you really want to make a very big impact, money becomes a big part of it, right? That's why we've got missions that need to be funded because funding is important. From my perspective, wealth is a tool. Money is a tool. And it's something that we require to be able to make a big impact. So you can make an impact without money, but you'll make a bigger impact with money. That's primarily why wealth becomes an important thing for the believer. There are two extremes when it comes to how I believe Christians can view money. And I think on one end, people may believe poverty is a virtue. So they kind of like, Mm. they they feel okay with just being like, I'm supposed to be poor or because I'm sacrificing or, you know, hardship. Mm. And for them, there's this like this whole notion about, poverty and how it it may feel a bit virtuous because it's a struggle. And then there is on the other extreme, the, the extreme need for money, you know, Mm -hmm. which I think in the worldly sense, it's like, don't sleep, do whatever you can to get money. But as Christians, how are we supposed to view money? Mm. Like where on that spectrum should we be? Yeah, quite a difficult question to answer, right? So I'll kind of talk through my thoughts. (laughs) I don't have like a one-liner, but I've got some thoughts around the question that you asked. Well, first of all, you know, the Bible does say the poor will always be amongst us, right? So there will always be poor people. You know, Jesus says, you know, there will always be poor people. Touching on the whole thing of, you know, the extreme need for money, like, you know, and that's your... That's what you eat, breathe, think, you know, it's, it's all about the hustle. It's all about making paper. I think the the danger there, you know, is obviously, you know, we think about scriptures such as, uh, you know, the love of the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Right. You know, so, you know, when, when that seed of materialism gets in there, you know, and your decisions start being influenced by the paper that you can make. It's a very dangerous and slippery ground in terms of, you know, you might find yourself compromising on your values, compromising on the things that God wants you to do just because of money. So that materialism sort of, you know, ranking people based on how much they have. So, you know, the more money this person has, the more worthy they are in your eyes and things like that. So that's not a you know good space to be in. But then also like that thing, you can also be on the other side where you kind of see money as a sin. Do you know what I mean? Like being rich, mm-hmm. like, you know, if you're a Christian and you're rich, ha, I don't know. It's like, it's a sin, right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, you know, that's also problematic, right? Because like you said, money is a tool that can be used, that should be used for God's glory and for God's kingdom. So I think the, the, the right answer is somewhere in the middle. 
And I think it's that knowing that at the end of the day, God needs to come first, you know, at the end of the day, money is just money. It doesn't make you more worthy or less worthy than the next person. And you shouldn't love it. Right. You should just view it in its right sense. Look, I'm going to be a steward. Um, you know, and when I do make money, let it, let God's kingdom be glorified. It's not just for my, you know, for selfish, like, you know, it's just me and, and me, 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 me. Like it needs to mm-hmm. show that the kingdom is a priority by how you spend the money that God blesses you with. So it's, it's somewhere in the middle, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, yeah. That's true. I, I agree. But how do we find a balance between taking care of ourselves and doing nice things for ourselves and, mm. you know, still honoring the kingdom of God? I think some mm. people may find find that a bit difficult, you know, like, how do mm. I do nice things? Can, can I still pay for a holiday for myself? Can I still do nice mm. things for myself, for myself mm. and my family and still be glorifying to God? How do you find that balance? And I've seen you because... I think you've got a great balance. So how do you do that? So, so, I mean, I really believe in, I really believe in sacrificial giving. Right. And, and I don't, and I don't think that it's really, and I think you can give sacrificial at sacrificially at all income levels. You know, I think about that thing of the, of the, you know, the woman with the one, that copper coin, you know, there are yes. people who put in a lot the of widow. money and they had a couple of coins. The widow, right? There we go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, so I believe that in my life, right, I need to be giving sacrificially. But I, I believe I can give sacrificially and also be able to do nice things for myself. I don't think, you know, I mean, the Bible speaks that you, think, you read in Ecclesiastes about, you know, like enjoying, you know what I mean? Enjoy. But fear God, but enjoy, you know? I really, I don't believe that it's, it's not a sin to, you know, to, to, to do nice things, to go get your nails done, you know, to, you know, save whatever, go get your nails done. For some, it's Mm. it's their nails. For some, it's, you know, it's a holiday. Obviously people's income levels differ, you know? So it's not that everyone can go, for I don't know skiing in in the Swiss Alps over Christmas, mm. and that's a, some people can afford to do that, and that's a nice thing that they do for themselves. But for others, it's literally let me go get my nails done, or let me go get yes. myself KFC. You know what I mean? Depending on the mm-hmm. income level. So I I and you see that in the Bible, like people just enjoying their lives. But you also you also hear about sacrificial giving. If you can do it all, if that makes sense, to whatever yes. degree, that's good. It's not a sin, yes. you know. So. Yeah, like I think it's it's it has to be. I don't know if balance is the right word, but yeah, I think you need all those elements in there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And as you're speaking, I'm reminded of the scripture where Jesus says, "Love your neighbor as you love yourself." Mm. And it's one thing to be generous to other people, but I also need to be generous to me, right? Yes. So you know, if I'm loving my neighbor as I love myself how I love other people is also contingent upon how I love myself. If I can't love myself, mm. then I, it's very difficult for me to love other people. So I think, I think balance is the right word because I'm also loved by God, you know? Mm. So I agree with you. And when, when I think of Ecclesiastes, it says that, you know, what, what, what else can men do, but enjoy the fruit yeah. of their labor? Like, you know, yes. so yes, enjoy it, have fun with it, but also don't let this thing become your God. So if God intervenes yes. and says, this is why I need you to do this for me. Then you know mm. that your heart is still in the right place. 
to, to be able to do that. But, you know, I think we also live in an age of materialism. We live in an age where, you know, it's all about optics. It's all about how, how, how I look. It's all about what I have. The believer, especially in the age of social media, where you just log into Instagram and already you are exposed to someone's life. Mm, 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 and mm. depending on how strong you are emotionally and even spiritually, mentally so as well, you know, that can influence you in a way to, to start living life how you shouldn't be. My question is, how do we, how do we protect ourselves against becoming materialistic as God's children? Mm, mm. So I definitely believe it's about being rooted in the word. You know what I mean? Like you need to be in your Bible, you know, because it's so easy to get swayed by the way the world is, right? Materialism, especially I remember when I moved to Joburg from Cape Town, like mm. honestly, and I know I mean Cape Town is, you know, there's a lot of wealthy people and all of that, but Joburg has another kind of materialism, hey? Like mm. you need to have moved into the city from somewhere else to feel it. I, I don't know how to explain it. Like, you know how I feel like different cities have characters or there's a different vibe with each city, you know? Yeah. And I, when I moved to Joburg, I literally felt like, yo, 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 <laughs> yo guys, you know? Um, so I really, for me, how I sort of stay, you know, as grounded as I can be, and it's a journey, you know, there's, there's certain times where you can start to wander off, but you need to kind of come back. Um, I think yeah. it's been, like reading my Bible, like reading, mm-hmm. sort of understanding like the, the principles and the values that are espoused in the Bible, you know, it helps mm-hmm. to keep, yeah, yeah, grounded here. Do you know what I mean? Because it's very easy to get um, carried away. Like even with social media, you know, just kind of reminding myself that even whatever I post or whatever, like it, it, it needs to be from a pure place, if that makes sense. Not about yes. you kind of project, uh you know, certain, I don't know, lifestyle or whatever, you know, just really just mm-hmm. reminding myself as well that I'm not trying to do these things for the optics. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if yes. I'm going to buy something new, something nice, it's because like I want it, not because I'm trying to, to prove, you know, a point. prove a point, whatever, you know, it's not about competing with the Joneses, you know, um, yes. I'll give you an example. Like, so, so, when I moved to Joburg, okay, so so when I could afford a car of my own, was a while ago, mm. so that, I mean, I'm 40 now, so this was like, uh, when was this? Maybe 2008, 2009, so I did my articles in Cape Town. I'd qualified, mm. qualified, there's a bit of, there's a jump in salary, you know, mm. so I was like, okay, you know, I can, you know, buy a car now but I was like okay I'm going to buy I don't want to buy a new car because it doesn't really make sense a one-year-old two-year-old car that would make sense so I bought a car in 2009 it was a polo and we had that polo that was 2009 we literally sold that polo maybe three months ago right we had two cars it was our second car but now it's gone we've got one car these cars are running very nicely they're doing very well we don't need a new car like what it's not like a car is like some, you know, um, interest-bearing investment. Like, fuel efficient, you know, maintenance low. It's perfect, you know. So I think it's just yes. literally, there's a lot of pressure to like, 
you know, I mean, someone even said to me, like, you're a CA. I mean, how can you drive a car like that? And I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> so mm. what? So I think it's yeah. being willing to kind of buck the trend um, in terms of the way you view stuff. Um, you know, I mean, the Bible does say, speak a lot about just having a different mindset. Like we're foreigners in this world. And I'm not saying nice stuff is bad, right? So when the, the run eggs, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, you know, the engine blew up, we're like, okay, so I think it's time now. Now, okay, mm-hmm. we can get a car. And we bought, yes. you know, we bought a nicer car, but again, we didn't buy it new. You know, we got a very good deal on a car that, you know, we paid probably half the price of a new one, but it was, you know, you know, in really good condition. So yes, we drive a nicer car now. So it's not to say nice things aren't nice and you shouldn't buy nice things, but I don't know. Don't be pressured into anything or do anything because of the Joneses. It sheds light to the the kind of environment that we live in. Right. Like, I I mean, I, I remember speaking to someone about a job opportunity and they were like, Oh my gosh, I can't wait for you to get it. So that means you can get a bigger car. And I'm like, uh, no, uh, that's not the plan. Like that is nowhere near my plans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I, I've got no pressure to buy a Merc and I love cars, you know, yeah. but I'm like, I, I've got no pressure to, to buy my dream car right now mm. because it's foundations first. Right. Like I always think about the scripture in Matthew seven, where Jesus says that build your house upon the rock um, yeah. and, the, yeah. and the rain comes and the wind blows, but it does not, you know, it doesn't topple over. And yeah, I feel like yeah. we live in an environment and in times where it's like people have windows and roofs before they've got foundations. Right, right, right. And it's like when the rain comes, your life falls apart because right? you didn't start with foundation first. But I also think that we also learn not to judge people at face value because just because mm. somebody has got a certain thing, it doesn't mean that they've got the right foundation in place. No, Mm-mm. exactly, exactly. Yeah. Talking about foundation, all of that, it's like you've just started your first job, right? First paycheck. Mm. Like you buying, yes, maybe your salary, like, you know, because obviously the banks, they'll do their calculations, whatever. They'll tell you you can afford a Merc. But I mean, yes. is that wisdom? Like, how are you now yeah. putting the, when you have it, have you even had time to start saving, to start thinking mm-hmm. about investing, all of that? Mm-hmm. Like, you haven't done that, bruh. Like, that's like literally putting up the roof and you haven't put down your foundation. Just because yes. bank says you can, it wouldn't be wise to do that. So, you know, mm-hmm. like in your, the, the, the job, like, you want to do certain things first and then when the time is right, you can mm-hmm. get your so I thought that was very a very powerful analogy. So I like, wow, thank you. No, no, I, I look, listen. I, for me, I am on the tip where I'm saying I want to become work optional. Like, and and I want to become work optional because I want God to be able to. I don't. I don't believe that every job is my purpose. Mm, I mm, think mm. some jobs are there to find your purpose, though. Mm, <laughs> so. Mm. And I just feel like for me, that, that's just how I view work. I think it's, it's, yes, I think in this season it serves a purpose, but I believe that there's, there's other things that I'm called to do that mm. I need to have my finances sorted so that I'm able, I'm, I'm time free. Yeah. I'm time free to be able to give God my best. Mm. Um, 
Mm-hmm. So how I view my job is is that it's 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 helping me and it's it's a time and a, and a space where God is giving me to build and to build my life well, so that yeah. I can execute on my purpose without worrying about bills. Yes, um, yes, yes. But I think you know something else that is topical within the Bible fungi is 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 debt. I think I think you know sometimes Christians have a tough time feeling like. What does the Bible actually say about debt? Am I allowed to have debt? Is it a bad thing? What are your views on that? Um, you know, I know I've spoken to you in Tim. How do you guys view debt in your household as a Christian household? Um, so debt. Okay, so I believe there's good debt and bad debt, right? So okay. I don't believe that all debt is bad, you know. Um, so I think you need to be strategic in with debt right so obviously like the bad debts like look you don't need to buy clothes on account sorry (laughs) um you don't need to buy you know that courage couch that you really want but you can't afford (laughs) don't do that you know what i mean credit card debt like ah now you're going on a trip and the trip is being funded by your credit card nah baby gal don't do that right so when i say so those are the kind of that's the kind of debt that i just feel like you're probably living beyond your means, right? Mm. And so the kind of debt that's arising because you're not living within your means, that ain't good debt. Obviously, Mm. things like, you know, you want to buy a house, you know, and stuff like that. You do your calculations. You, I mean, not many people can just buy a house, like, and pay cash, right? You know, so that kind of thing where it's like you're kind of, it's an investment, right? You're investing in property. You know, that's the kind of debt that I feel like is good where there's an asset there and it's going to grow and you can leverage mm. that debt build to, to, to go towards building wealth. Right. Um, yes, yes. Then we can mm. do that kind of debt. Right. But debt just because you're living beyond your means, like, mm-hmm. you mm. know, so yeah. So I think that's, so that's our view on debt. Like, so, I mean, like now, I mean, we don't have credit card debt, like, the debt that we have is literally in assets. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's yeah. To, to invest in something and leverage because there is a leveraging thing that comes with debt. So, you know, going back to what you said about debt um, and how you guys view debt, I was reading a book called Thou Shalt Prosper by Rabbi Daniel Lapin. And mm-hmm. he's a Jewish rabbi and he talks about how Jewish people do business. And one of the yeah. things that he says is that Jewish people think that borrowing people money to start businesses is virtuous. Mm, Okay. So borrowing somebody money to start a business or to buy an asset that's going to help them create wealth is actually Mm. good. So Mm. I love what you're saying when you speak about good and bad debt, because ultimately they believe that they are, they are serving somebody by being able to give them the kind of money to help them buy an asset. So for me, that also becomes a principle that I don't borrow for the sake of consumption. Yes. Yes. I'm only willing to borrow to create another asset and creating a business is an asset, right. And buying property is an asset with wisdom, of course. So I think, I think I tend to agree that, that that's, that's the way debt should run. So one of the things that I've often heard um, said, you know, in Christian circles is that tithing is where giving begins, but it's not where Mm -hmm. 
giving actually ends. So 10% mm. is the base. Um, mm. What are your views on that? Yeah, so I, I think I... I tend to agree just because the Old Testament, it's, it speaks about, you know, the tithe and tithing and stuff. And, and then in the New Testament, you kind of see the idea of, of this sacrificial giving, you know? So, mm-hmm. and I mean, that looks different to different people, right? You know, so I think, mm-hmm. you know, we might've mentioned about the, the widow with a copper coin, you know, you know, where, you know, it was like, wow, you know, I mean, what she was giving was a copper coin, and there are people who are giving a lot more, but to them, it, that giving wasn't sacrificial. You know what I mean? So I think what sacrificial giving is differs from person to person. But I do, mm. I do think it talks to what you just said that, you know, and, and I mean, for some people, maybe 10% is a sacrifice, right? It, it all depends yeah. on circumstances or whatever. But I, I do tend to agree that we, we're not limited to the 10%, you know? We're not limited to that. In fact, we should, however we give, it should be sacrificial. And however we give, it should be cheerful because God loves a cheerful giver. You know, I think, I think someone needs to look at your, at your budget and be like, oh yeah, truly Jesus is Lord of her life. You know what I mean? You can even see the way she spends her money, you know, Mm -hmm. or God's money that she's steward of. Her budget speaks to, he is truly her priority. You know, yes. and you you see it when you see it, you you know it. I mean, I can't say and stipulate and be prescriptive about what that looks like, but someone yes. looking at the budget will see that yes, Lelo Jesus is Lord of her life. Look at how she she spends money. So mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. I love you know because what you ultimately are saying is that our confession of Christ should be more mm-hmm. than what we say with our mouths. But even our very budgets and how we spend our money mm. should reveal that he is Lord, right? Yes, yes. I yes. think for me, one of the things about money, though, has, and, and about giving in particular, has been understanding that the thing that God gives us to stop us, it, it's almost like God's gift to us to stop us from being greedy, mm-hmm. right? Greed has got a way, a way of crawling into people's hearts. And I think the more you have, the more you may be tempted to hoard. But I think giving, in a sense, almost unleashes our hearts from the grip of greed. Mm. Um, mm, 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 where it's mm. almost like the Lord says, I want to train your heart not to rely yes. on money. Yes. And I think yes. for me, giving becomes even more important, even the more I have, giving becomes even more important because it's like, yes. I don't want my heart to be consumed by yes. this money, right? Yes. I think of the scripture yes. of the, the, the guy, I think he was a farmer. Uh-huh. And it says that, you know, he, he had his crops and he was like, oh, let me create more space so that I can put more crops and, you know, and then I can mm. just afterwards, I can just be happy and merry and not have to worry about anything. And right. it's almost like, I think, I think, I think, you know, in this parable, it's like you're saying, you know, you're foolish. You know, what happens if you die? Like, who's going to inherit yeah. the stuff you're having? Is because sometimes when you've got a lot of resources, it can be so tempting to to be withholding and to yes. just be like, oh, no, it's for my life. I just want to make everything all set up so I can just go ahead and just live my best life. Um, mm. And God is like, don't forget. I think I think giving is a gift to us because it doesn't allow us to make money our Lord. Yes. 
No, 100%. Because, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you hear, you know, there's that scripture and it's a difficult scripture, but I think it's important that, you know, as you have more, it's an, it's important to remember scriptures like this, that having a lot of money. So like we said, we spoke about money being a tool, right? And you can make mm-hmm. a big impact with money. But we have to be wise in terms of also understanding some of the temptations and some of the challenges that come with having a lot of money, right? And, wow. and part of that is you get, instead of putting your security in God, you kind of are secure in your stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's easy to, to feel secure and comfortable and protected because of money. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, like that guy, when you're saying, I'm going to build this, I'm sure he felt, he felt good. Like he forgot yes. actually that his life is in God's hands because sometimes it's easy to, to get that security from money and not so much from God. Like, you know, Jehovah Jireh, like God's got me. It's more like, you know, my bank balance, my investments, they got, they've got me. And you might not say it out loud, but it's yes. something that can creep in and you've got to be, wary of that you know um and i mean sometimes i mean you you see you know rich people who like really just have no time for god like they don't have time and it and it makes me it reminds me of that scripture about how it's very hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of god and not that mm. there's anything inherently sinful about having money but the problem is we fall into the temptation of money becoming our god and us taking comfort in that money and we kind of don't mm. need god you know what i mean sure. it's like you feel like you don't need God. So you've got to be, to be wary of that. And I think, you know, being sacrificially giving just helps bring, bring you back to where you need yes. to be. You know what I mean? Rooted yes. and grounded. It, it really helps. Like you said, it's like an antidote for greed. Um, because Ooh, greed can... De- I love that. Anything. So, yeah. Giving is we an just antidote need to, be, to greed. Yeah. And we just need to be wary. The more money you have just also know that you need to be on your guard against uh, the stuff that the, the, the stuff that comes with that. You know, I think subconsciously I've always known that there are some things that come with being wealthy, mm-hmm. but I think I've never heard anybody articulated in that way. Um, mm. You know, that those things actually come up because now you have money. And it's yes. like, now you need to be careful. There's, there's other things. So as much as poverty can be destructive and mentally and emotionally destructive, yes. there's also things to be very wary of when it comes to having more money. And, yes. and I think sometimes we need to ask ourselves if we've got the character for the kind mm. of money we may want God to give us. Yes. Can God trust us with that kind of wealth? Yeah, like yeah. wealth can be deceitful. Um, I think of Solomon and how Solomon was the richest, you know, and how he started off so well, trusting God, expecting wisdom from God. And before you knew Mm -hmm. it, he had 700 wives. Um, (laughs) So there's just so much to consider, but there's just so much wisdom that we need in terms of money and building wealth. You know, something I've, I've, I mean, I've started to see it now occur in churches where people are teaching more and more in the church about money, where like there'll be like a course, like a group, um, okay. like a cell group or whatever, where people are teaching about finances. Have you ever been a part of that? Or did you just um, always self-study? No, so, so, so not so much, uh, not so much like a cell group, but more sermons. I've actually, you know, uh, recently 
maybe about three months ago, like we had a sermon just about that was quite focused on the practicals, the practicals mm-hmm. of money, you know, you know, the things that, you know, we've probably touched on, like, you know, saving, yeah. investing, away from bad debts and stuff like that, which was actually quite nice. I'm forgetting what the series was, but it was like a three, four week sermon series, just touching about different aspects of money, which I found you know, very useful and really good. So definitely I've heard, I've been in sermons, you know, sort of talking about that, um, but also then the self-study and, you know, just kind of, you know, going into the scriptures, reading books um, about the topic. All right, nice. So I think an important part of money and the Bible is sometimes there's a deceitfulness that comes with wealth. There is a pride that comes with, having lots of money where people can start to think that they have created it. I mean, there is a scripture that says Mm -hmm. it is the Lord that teaches you how to make wealth. I think it's Deuteronomy Mm -hmm. 8, 18, right? How do people go about protecting their heart from the pride and the deceitfulness that may come from wealth? So I think that's a really good question, Lilo. And it's, I mean, it's real and it's, it's an important question to, to ask. First of all, having that knowledge that, there are things to guard against the more, you know, the more resources you you get, you know, you can walk around feeling like, and not in a very overt way. It can be subtle, you know, a subtle current in your heart. That's kind of like, Ooh, I, you know, Ooh, 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 you know, like look at me type of thing, you know, just feeling like, yeah, man, but from a, not from a, Oh, thank you God, you know, for blessing me. Thank you God for blessing the work of my hands, but more like, yeah, man, I got this, you know? So I think first of all, is just knowing that that's a thing and recognizing yep. it with crops up in your heart. I think that's number one. Secondly, mm-hmm. I think it's, I mean, the Bible speaks about in James, I think it's James five sixteen about confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. I think it's having someone to talk to, someone to articulate that like, hey, sis, hey, bro, hey, whoever, you know, another, mm-hmm. you know, a person say, look, this is, this is what's in my heart. Please pray with me. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. letting it out. And, you know, and having someone pray with you and sort of letting the lights in, like, you know, just that, that letting that out and having someone pray with you is, is really helpful, you know, because I think sometimes we're embarrassed to talk about things like that. You know what I mean? But it's not to say we don't struggle with it, you know, but it's like, it's, it's embarrassing, but I think having Mm -hmm. someone pray with you, you know, and I think studying out scriptures, studying out scriptures on a periodic basis about what Jesus says about money you know, to mm. keep you rooted in what God wants you to think about money and wealth, you know, to remind mm. yourself about what the whole point of this is. Mm. You know, those are some of the ways that you can overcome that temptation. But I think it's, it's, it's a temptation that most people will have, but it's just recognizing it and then dealing with it, prayer, being open about it, and, and just studying out scriptures to keep you grounded. I think that that helps. Yes, yes. You know, as you were saying that, I'm, I'm also thinking about something else, is that do you feel like it's wrong for people to pray and ask God for wealth? No, no. Yeah. I don't think so. No, not at all. Because I don't think inherently in itself, like money isn't sinful in itself. You know what I mean? It's not. So it's, it's like asking God, hey, you know, bless me with a baby. Those are things yes. that there's nothing wrong with that, you know. Obviously, in praying for money, you also want to ask that God will help you to manage it well and to glorify yes. him 
through the use of that money. So I don't think it's 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 wrong, no. No, no, I I I tend to agree with you, and, and I think it's important for us to ask that question because sometimes we even misinterpret scriptures like First Samuel three, where the Lord appears to Solomon and asks him, you know, what can I do for you? And Solomon asks for wisdom instead of mm. money. Mm, but I think it's mm. important to remember that Solomon didn't need money. Solomon was mm. the child of a king. Mm. So Solomon was really re- had resources. Yes, he did. Do you understand what I mean? So, yeah, but, I think, exactly. but I think an important thing to state to people is this, right? Is that one of the ways, and I think probably the only way to making wealth, right? Mm. Every person that you see that is wealthy is a person that has solved somebody else's problem. Mm, mm, mm. that is the way to making money so if you've got a job you've got a job because somebody had a problem and they hired you because they needed you on their team right yes so if you've started a business you've started the business because you actually want to solve a problem Mm. and the money that you earn is actually proof that you actually served somebody else and therefore you got paid as a receipt so mm, I think mm. ultimately when we ask God for wealth, I think it's just important to remember that we are also asking God, God, make me a problem solver. Wow. Powerful. Yes. Yes. So for Have me, you ever thought that, about that, it like that? yeah. And, and, you know, I, I, I learned that reading, um, thou shall prosper by, by mm. Rabbi, uh, Daniel Lapin. Right. Um, and like I was saying earlier, he, he just gives you an understanding of how Jewish people view money. Mm. and why they are not ashamed to ask God for money. I mean, there's a scripture in the Bible, a scripture in the Bible, I think it's in Genesis 2, where, you know, every firstly in Genesis 1, every time God makes anything, he says, and it was good, right? Mm. And it was good, Mm. it was the third day, and it was good, and it was the fourth day. But the next, so he says good seven times. And the, the eighth time that he says it, he was describing gold, which was in Genesis 2. And we all know that gold represents money, right? So I also think, like you say, money in and of itself is not bad. How we use it. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm starting to believe as I'm thinking this, money can often reveal what's in our hearts. Yes. <laughs> what's, What is already there, you know, so money will expose something that wasn't there. So if you were greedy, you can be greedy and broke at the same time. Yes, 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 yes. You just haven't had the opportunity to show it. Yes, exactly. hundred percent, hundred percent. I tend to agree there that, you know what, there's, there's just so much that we just have to look out for, you know, but, but I'm still raving over what you said that giving is the antidote to greed. I'm, I'm actually going to put that on my page. <laughs> like it's, it's like a whole bar on its mm. own because that will keep our hearts in check. Yes. Maybe just to close off this conversation, I was reading Matthew. It's one of the later scriptures where Jesus is on the cross and it says that a rich man, Joseph of Arimathea, came to ask for the body of Jesus. And he came to lay it in a tomb that no one had ever lain in, right? And for me, that says he might have prepared this tomb for himself that one day he was going to lay in it. But God had another plan for the wealth that he was building. And I wow. believe that it's always important. it's always important for us to recognize that When we build wealth, we're not just building it because we want ourselves to look good and feel good, but because God has got a plan for our wealth. 
Yes. God yes. can call us anytime to say, use what I've given you for this specific cause. You may think you're saving up for this, but God is making you prepare this tomb or whatever because he's got a plan for it. Wow. What an episode that was. I think Fungai dropped so many gems, but I think one of my favorite moments of this podcast is just that point about how giving is the antidote to greed. Somebody needs to write that down, put it up somewhere. Giving is the antidote for greed. I think one of the most important things that we highlight in this episode in particular is that sometimes we can shift our focus from God or shift to feeling more secure in the things we have than in the God who has given us the things that we have. And it's so important that the more money you have, the more on your guard you are so that money doesn't become your God. I think I learned a lot from speaking to Fungai. I think it was a great conversation and I trust that so many of you are going to be able to benefit from this conversation. So guys, I hope that you guys have a lovely and fabulous week. I hope that you guys are winding down. I mean, my goodness, like it's been such a year, but nonetheless, I just hope that you guys have a lovely week and I will catch you next week with a final episode for the season. From me, Lelo, bye-bye.